Amen. Thank you, worship band, for leading us so well this morning. I'm Pastor John. So good to see you all here gathered this morning together. This is wonderful. I know a lot of you are here for the main show, uh, uh, your kids coming up here. So I am, but I'm going to prepare us for that. We're going to allow God to prepare us for that and open up God's word and, and hear a message of hope this morning uh, for this time that we are all in. It is, it is getting very close to Christmas, and things start happening. We start doing our traditional uh, Christmas celebrations. We put together our trees in our house, we start wrapping presents, put the lights up. We, you might have other traditions in your family. Um, we used to take our kids in the car and put them in the car seats and drive around town and, and look at all the Christmas lights, all the trees and all the homes that are decorated, and the kids would be going, ooh, look at the lights, look at the lights, and so on. We also, um, we share stories during Christmas. We bring out those good old stories about things that have happened in our lives, and, and things we can laugh about, and re- remembering crazy things, and you know, that present that grandpa got that one year, or in our family, one year I decided I was going to drag in a cactus for our Christmas tree. I was tired of paying at, you know, the ex- ex- crazy prices for these living trees. And so I just took a cactus. I thought it was a cactus. It was a beautiful thing. And I put it right there in the living room, right by the fireplace, put some lights on it. My kids still, my adult, adult children still kind of shake their head and wonder what has happened to our father um, bringing that cactus into the house. Telling stories uh, about our lives, our lives together during Christmas time. It's part of the tradition. Well, the church does that too. We dust off stories, uh, Advent stories that make up our life together and who we are. Um, we tell our favorite stories over and over again. And, you know, for years we had a, a, a drive through nativity out in our parking lot. Some of you were a part of that. She's not here. Carol was here. She was just here a minute ago. She helped lead that many years. And people would line up along the road, and they would come in, and it would be a live nativity. There would be real people. There would be really a Joseph and a really a Mary. And then one year we had a real baby Jesus, and she was so beautiful. Um, she was there, and she did what, exactly what babies are supposed to do. They wiggle and giggle and fuss and cry and sleep. It was awesome. Academy Award winner for that. But we do that with nativities. Now, our, there are cast of characters in our Christmas story that we have grown familiar to see. Joseph, Mary, the shepherds, the angels. But there's one character that doesn't show up in our nativity scenes, but is very central in the life of the church during Advent specifically. And this character doesn't show up on our Christmas cards or uh, maybe it, there's, there's no ornaments with this person on there, but very central all the same on the Advent calendar of the church. And this individual is central because this individual is the one who introduces the meaning of Christmas to the church and what Christmas is all about. Each gospel account has this story And so this morning, we are invited to hear what this individual has to say to the church, to us, to prepare us for Christmas. 
It comes out of the gospel according to Matthew. And this person's out in the desert, out in the wilderness, and he's crying out a cry of hope. And it goes like this. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea proclaiming, repent, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. In our congregation, after we hear the word, we say, the word of the Lord, and the congregation responds, thanks be to God. Let's try that. The word of the Lord. Some of us are scratching our head like, who invited this guy to Christmas? The way he's dressed and what he eats and his diet and what he's saying. Who invited this guy in the first place? His clothes are odd and strange, and his food is strange. And he lives somewhere out past Cook's Corner out in the wilderness out there, right? The number one question I have about this passage and John is why are so many people going out to see John? Why are people leaving the comfort of their own homes and their villages and their towns and their cities, their work, their farms, why are they all coming out into the wilderness to hear John preach? It's a good question. It's a big question. I've been out to this area where he is. Some of you were with me this fall when we were in Israel. It's desolate. There is nothing out there. It's, you don't survive very well out there. And here he is out in the wilderness eating locusts. He's eating bugs and honey. And he's baptizing people in the water. And they're flocking to him. We do know that John the Baptist is related to Jesus. Jesus' mother and John the Baptist's mother are cousins. And when John grows up, he goes out and works in the wilderness. Very remote area, and people come out, and they want to hear him preach, and they want to get in the water. The message is simple invitation. Because something is about to happen. God is going to come, and God is coming near, and God's kingdom is unfolding, and you need to prepare for that. God will be breaking through in time and space and be present with us here and now. They know the prophecy. They've heard it. The prophecy from Isaiah written centuries earlier. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and authority rests upon his shoulders. And, is named, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. John is giving an invitation to prepare, to prepare for God's kingdom, to start over. And for John, repentance is the top of the list. I think repentance has gotten a bad rap over the years. Sometimes it comes with a hellfire and brimstone, and that's not necessarily what I see here or I read here. When John is calling for repentance, it means turning around and starting over, taking another course. All those actions are, are called to reflect on the value of one's current 
course. But what is important is that emphasis is less, in, is less on what is wrong, but what is, on, what is right, pointing forward to a straight path. Repentance also underscores that, that change isn't necessarily for change's sake, but rather change is necessary because we become aware our own lives and the chaos in our own lives and the direction that we're headed needs to be changed because we desire peace in our lives. Repentance and sure is recognizing God is pointing us in a new direction, a direction that leads us to peace, a direction that leads us to love, a direction that leads us to hope. But John knows that repentance is not something that we can muster up on our own. We can't just do it by ourselves. We can't just imagine all of a sudden we repent. Something else has to happen. It means asking for help. It means asking for help. Asking for help is not something that comes naturally for me, I confess. Years ago, before we had smartphones and we had our navigation system right on our phones, maybe some of you are my age and know this, we would have paper maps or we have a Thomas guide in our cars. And I'd be driving, Sharon and I, my wonderful wife would be driving to somebody's house in Los Angeles or Pasadena, where we lived in that area, and inevitably I would get turned around and lost. And I'd be driving, and my wife would point out, well, there's a gas station right there. We could at. And I'm like, no way am I going to stop and ask for directions. I've got this. I am not lost. I'm just going to turn around. Three or four gas stations later, I pull over and I go in. And I say, yeah, you know, I'm lost. Where are we going? It's hard to ask for help. It doesn't come naturally. When we're going the wrong direction, it's hard to admit it. Why? Because we're stubborn and defiant. That's the way it is. That's the way I am. Maybe you heard the story about the kid who was at the dinner table with the family. It's the holidays, and he's standing on his chair. And the parents are saying, you need to sit down in your chair. And he's like, no, I'm not sitting down. He's just disrupting the family dinner. And finally, after a couple of threats, like, well, maybe Santa's not going to come to this year. Or, you know, no ice cream after dessert. You know, no dessert. He sits down. And then when he sits down, he says this, I might be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up. I think that in part is what our Christmas story is about. A large group of people have gone out into the wilderness because they are admitting and acknowledging they need help beyond themselves. They need help beyond themselves because areas of their lives, they're lost. Areas of lives are going in the wrong direction, and they know it. They become aware of it, and they come into the water, and they're cleansed, and they're washed, and they're sent on their way. And John says, live a life worthy of the repentance that you just made. Live a life worthy of that. He shows them the way. A fresh start, a renewal, a cleansing, a new beginning. Preparing them for God's arrival. Advent is about making room for Christ, making room for Christmas, making room for Christ's arrival in our lives. So I invite you to consider the words of John and the invitation that we have. 
and the meaning of Christmas and the hope that is wrapped in a manger. Make room for Christmas in the midst of our chaos. That's what John is doing, preparing the way as we invite Christ into our lives, into all areas of our lives. And friends, I admit there are times in my life that I'm stubborn and there are areas that I want to hang on to. Maybe it's, it's the bitterness or the, the disappointment. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's frustrations. Maybe it's sorrow, grief. And I think I can hang on to it myself and I can resolve these things on my own. And I don't want to ask for help. And I think that's what's happening here is that we are reminded our creator, the one who loves us, who will not abandon us, is saying, yes, come, I can help you. I can help you with all those things. Just come to me. And when we ask for this, God floods our lives with his grace and his mercy, filling us with hope and joy. And we will be surprised again at this Christmas time. And surprised that God is willing to join us and walk with us through the midst of our turmoil and our distress.